D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by Three Punk Ales. They're in Chula Vista. It is also brought to you by Sport Clips, where it is good to be a guy. It is a Monday evening, October 20... What is the date, Darren? Six! October 26th. Happy Monday to you, man. How you yeah, doing? happy Monday. Uh, well, listen, I, I uh, depends. Yeah, I was having this conversation over the weekend about how many different clubs so many people support in life. You know, there are some who are just a single club supporter, pretty much like you, right? Like you don't have a side chick, you know, you don't have anybody off on the side who you pull for. It's just Chelsea Chelsea alone. Well, that's not true. I mean, SD loyal and yeah. Cholos, you know, yeah. and, <laughs> you know, but I was having this conversation as a matter of fact, it was with uh, Ricardo Campos from San Diego loyal about who is a real Madrid fan. In case you didn't and, know that. And an Arsenal fan in case and, you didn't know that. And a uh, Sao Paulo fan. If you're into Brazilian club soccer, is there another one? And just Brazil. <laughs> yeah. And Brazil. And so, yeah. And I was like, well, okay. He had a good start to his weekend because Real Madrid ends up winning the Clasico and then Arsenal loses and then Sao Paulo. So it's like, you just sort of go up and down, up and down, up and down. If you know, you support more than, than one club in life. And obviously he's with SD loyal now. But like, yeah, Classico, I was on the other side of that. But by the time I got home, Crystal Palace picks up three points. And I'm like, oh, wow, Palace. <laughs> they just sort of like piece everything else together. Cholos don't look very good right now. So, you know, it's funny how you just have to, I don't know, you just sort of got to like add it all up and see what's what in life and, and let, take the mood swings of following different clubs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Darren, I would have signed up for a roller coaster. My roller coaster was flat as can be over the weekend. Not a lot of action and nil-nil once again for Chelsea. That's back-to-back matches uh, for those who are keeping score. You don't need to count very high. Uh, but nil-nil, zero-zero, if you will. Um, and yeah, no roller coaster for me. Mine was pretty much just dull from the get and just dragged you through the mud for 90 minutes. That was my weekend experience. No highs, a lot of lows. <laughs> Yeah. And, and uh, I will tell you, by the time I got home on Saturday, because I did get up, I did go to Serrano's and Coronado and watch El Clasico. So it was, what an experience driving across the bridge into Coronado at 630, 640 in the morning. But then you know, leaving that in a somewhat sour mood and heading back home and watching United Chelsea, I, I had no patience for that match at all. Like we have a group text going on WhatsApp, a WhatsApp chat between myself, Jordan, and our colleague, Alex Padilla, for all those years over at 1090. And I, I just wasn't having it with you two. I was like, this is absolute shit. <laughs> like, I just was not in a good mood at all just to listen to you two banter back and forth about how crappy your match was. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a United fan talking about how shitty United is. And then I was doing a good representation of talking about how shitty the start is for Chelsea this season. I tried to convince you that at least you have Pulisic to watch. And normally that's enough to to bring people in. But got to tell you, Darren, there really wasn't a lot to watch in that one. Uh, Pulisic no. played 81 minutes. I mean, that that's good. But beyond that, his match rating wasn't anything spectacular. There was really no offense at all. 
for Chelsea. The biggest uh, offense they had was a potential PK that was not called. So it was uh, it was not a lot of fun. The good news for Chelsea is I think they have found their new goalkeeper. Mendy looks really, really good. Um, so you had a you had an interesting weekend. You had the roller coaster. You went to Coronado. You watched El Clasico. I got to watch Chelsea and United from home. Um, we got some news with U.S. soccer, a new match that will be played in November. It's been a very long time since we've seen the U.S. men's national team actually play. February 1st. I don't remember who they played. Do you? I don't. Um, I just know the last time that they played was February 1st. In my, it, it feels like a long time ago. But we do have a match on the schedule for the first time. November 12th, they announced this week that they will be taking on Wales. So uh, that should be fun. And uh, plenty of Americans playing abroad over the weekend. Uh, we talk, we'll talk about Serginia Dest and Christian Pulisic, obviously. But um, I'm excited. We, we've been kind of chatting about all these players that we've seen abroad. And we see them in Champions League. We'll see them again in Champions League this week. Um, we're, we're seeing them in the Prem. We're seeing them in La Liga. We've seen them in Bundesliga for quite some time. It's It's been a while that I've been really excited to watch the U.S. team come together and actually play a match. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm pretty damn excited for November 12th against Wales all of a sudden. Yeah, and taking on Gareth Bale in Wales. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm with you, too, because you know, somebody, you know, there's always a couple of good reporters, good soccer reporters out there who will do an Americans abroad piece, right? Like every week, here's how the American abroad did. And sometimes, you know, like, oh, okay, uh, this is in the uh, Dutch league, or sometimes this is like in the second division German league. And, you know, it's not always been Christian Pulisic. You know, it's not always been... Tim Howard, let's say at Everton, sometimes you sort of have to say like, okay, well, I'm glad you're doing this Americans abroad bit because I would never watch that match. And I don't even know where I'd find that match. But now the Americans abroad bit is stuff that chances are, if you're a fan, not just a U.S. fan, you watch Dortmund play because they're in Champions Leagues and you see Giovanni Reina or you will watch Champions League this week. Think about this. This is mind-blowing that we're going to have Juventus hosting Barcelona. And I don't know whether Cristiano Ronaldo is going to be available to play in that because he's still dealing with COVID issues. I don't know that he's been medically cleared. But from a U.S. standpoint, that is Serginio Dest and Weston McKenney. You know, like that's pretty freaking mind-blowing to think about that, that Juventus is playing Barca and there is a U.S. men's national team angle to take. Chelsea's going to play midweek, so we get to watch Pulisic. You know, this is like, this is, it feels like it's a really, really big deal to be able to have these kind of Americans. Because again, I, I mean, I say this respectfully because I always would read the Americans abroad pieces that would be written. And it's not just one, you know, there's several people who do this sort of stuff. And kudos to them all for paying attention, for watching for finding some sort of match report from one of these you know, second division leagues or you know, not everything is the championship in life. And you know, now to have so many players playing at the highest level, man, like it is, I'm with you. Like I now, I want to see after years uh, being dragged through the mud here with the U S soccer federation and the U S men's national team. Like I don't want to see what this all looks like, you know, and, and see how I don't have, delusions that, you know, all of a sudden we're going to see some finished product that we're all going to go. Yep. Hey, guess what? November 12th, this team's going to win the world cup, but 
I, I feel like we've got players who are playing at the highest level of the sport. And that's pretty freaking exciting when you think about it. Yeah, it's very different. It's a new experience for all of us as U.S. supporters. Um, someone, I mean, we've been watching, clearly we've been following this club, the national team for quite some time. We've always been able to kind of separate the U.S. men's national team players. And then when you watch Barca and I watch Chelsea, it is impossible to kind of separate it now. Now, when you watch these matches in Europe and Champions League and Europa, um, it, it used to be like, yeah, okay, there's a few Bundesliga teams that have Americans, but now it's impossible to separate it. For me, like as a Chelsea fan, there are long stretches where I only want to watch Pulisic on the field. Like I want to see what he's doing. I want to see how he's interacting with other guys. I want to see how he's creating and how he's running off the ball. Like I, you focus on him and you kind of lose sight of like, oh yeah, I'm, 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 this is my club. Like I need, it's, it's different. Usually it, it used to be so easy to separate all of that. Now a guy like you, Barcelona supporter, Sergio Des playing in El Clasico, the first American to ever play in it. I get to see Christian Pulisic play all the, all the time. Um, Tyler Adams, obviously. Um, Weston McKinney now in, at Juve. It, it, it used to just be so simple to have, all right, well, I have my U.S. guys. And then I have like the big clubs that I follow over in Europe, like the real big soccer. But now it's like, all right, well, now there, there's a lot of crossover there. So it's different yeah. and it's new. Like it, it's nothing that's really happened before. So it's not like, remember back in the seventies when this was all happening and <laughs> it, that's not what this is. This is new for everybody. It's fucking rad. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, it's not uh, just like Matt Miazga out there, you know, who you sort of have to track and say, now who is he playing for again? And what's that level of competition? This is for the entire world to watch when Juve and Barca go. And, you know, Pulisic is wearing the number 10, for Chelsea, you know, like he's not some guy who might get on during Carabao cup matches. You know, he's, he, he's a, he features regularly for Chelsea football club. You know, that's it. It, it just, it, I'm with you. It feels very, very different. And uh, yes, it, it, I couldn't tell you the last time that the U S men's national team played. I wouldn't have even known that it was in February. So thank you for reminding us all. I'd also be lying if I could, sit here and tell you that I knew exactly how qualifying works or like when qualifying begins, it's sort of going to be this real interesting, you know, hodgepodge of here, play, 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 you know, next summer, we've talked a little bit about everything that the decisions that will have to be made by the U S soccer federation. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you and, and just seeing what it looks like. They all seem like they're pretty connected. Heck, do we have like a, a an actual goalkeeper conversation between Zach Steffen and Ethan Horvath? Like, is that a real conversation now about City's number two versus Horvath, who's over there in in the Buddhist? Like, you know that that's uh, those are interesting decisions. This isn't like, well, I don't know. I mean, shrug your shoulders and you know which. <laughs> I'm doing the my, rapid tab. <laughs> I'm doing my best not to trash MLS here. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> I got no problem. I mean, yeah, that used to be the conversation. This is way more fun. This is way more interesting. This is more compelling. This actually feels like, okay, we're, we're building towards something potentially here. Like it, it actually gets you excited to watch one of these matches. I don't remember who they played in February. Darren, I can promise you, I wasn't excited to watch the match. If I watched it, I, I can promise you that. But now several months later, for whatever reason, after a pandemic, you kind of see where all these players kind of shake out. McKenney just now, going down to Juve and we, we've seen Pulisic get more and more time. I mean, there was a stretch there where there was some criticism like, Oh my gosh, Pulisic, he's not even getting any minutes. Is he going to play? Does Frank Lampard really trust him? And I think Lampard has kind of answered all those questions. Pulisic's getting, 
Anytime Pulisic's not injured, he's basically playing. Unfortunately, he keeps getting injured from time to time. Um, but yeah, Serginho Des, it's amazing that not only, I mean, the biggest story obviously with Barca is Lionel Messi, but now all of a sudden you're getting the taste that I get with Pulisic and Chelsea. You get a, do you find yourself kind of drawn away from just watching all of Barca together as a group, as a club, and then just focusing on Dest when he's on the field? Because that's an issue I have. Well, it's interesting that you say that. And, and I think that, yes, the answer is I did a lot of that on Saturday morning watching El Clasico, but it's not because I was just drawn to the American player, right? The first American to start for Barca, first American to start in a Clasico, especially at 19 years of age. It's because he was damn well worthy of the attention. He, I, I, I didn't sit here and chart it and write scores and ratings down for everybody, but you can't tell me that many, if any players at Barca rated higher than Serginho Dest, he, he had, you know, a couple of issues on crosses. I thought, you know, there were some crosses that maybe were a little light, you know, Phil Shane on, on BN pointed that out a couple of times that, you know, maybe he could be a little bit more forceful, but in terms of what he's out there to do, starting it right back, he played great. He really did. He played great. He showed a willingness to take on uh, Vinicius Jr., to take on um, uh, Luka Modric. You know, he, like, he was unafraid to mix it up. And I'll tell you the other thing about Serginho Dest that may or may not resonate with people who were watching this. But at the end of the match, when Barca loses, they, you know, we can get into the particulars as to how disappointing it was to lose this match. But usually, you know, they put up that screen and one of the players stops by and does the post-match interview. And you would think that they're in a Classico, that is a spot that should be reserved for a captain, that that should be Gerard Piquet, that that should be perhaps Lionel Messi, that, you know, maybe you would get somebody who's been around the club a little bit to stop and do the post-match interview. Blew me away that it was Serginho Dest. Serginho Dest showed up and did the post-match interview, like the post-match interview that one of the players stops and gives each and every match. So like that, that's, that tells me a lot about how he played, that it wasn't too big for him. Of course, there's room for improvement, but also that he was willing to stand up there and talk at the end of it. And you know, where were the veteran? Where was Busquets? Where was Alba? Where was, you know, don't know. But that Serginho Des showed up and did the post-match interview to me uh, says an awful lot about him. Now, I don't know how it came to be. I don't know what the backstory is or if they had decided that was going to be the way it was going to go. But, you know, you don't have to stop and do that sort of stuff. Again, it's usually reserved for somebody who's got maybe a little bit more longstanding at the club, especially after a match like this. You know, th this isn't uh, playing Valladolid on a, a Wednesday. You know, this is El Clasico. And Serginho Dest stood up there and did that post-match interview, which I just thought was, was freaking awesome. It was just great. And he played really, really well. So... Uh, again, his, his willingness to uh, just go marching right towards it, uh, I, I absolutely love, man. I, I'm telling you, there was a lot of apprehension from Barca fans about, I don't know, signing an American, even if he's coming from Ajax. And he's not really an American in the sense that, you know, he didn't grow up in Western Pennsylvania, right? But, you know, uh, military family, spent a bunch of time abroad, et cetera, made the decision you know, there, there still is that, I don't know, you know, and he has absolutely passed every test up until this point. So he's been, he's been a delight to watch. Yeah. I, I heard the interview following the match and he did not make it about himself at all. Clearly um, those questions were coming about being an American starting in El Clasico, what that kind of meant for him. But uh, I, I believe his quote was that he was pissed about the yeah. result. 
didn't win. So he was focused on the right things afterwards. So he yeah. was uh, put on, put on a big stage, put on a, underneath the spotlight and, I thought he performed well on the field. And then following, I thought he did a really good job with the interview. Christian Pulisic on the other side, Darren. I mean, it was a okay performance in Chelsea United. It sounded like you had a much, you had more goals to watch. You had a little bit more excitement. Pulisic, I think his like match rating was like a five or a six, like nothing crazy to write home about. It was basically every single player on Chelsea other than Mendy, the goalkeeper, who I thought was really, really good, um, which is exciting. But it sounds like your weekend was a little bit more exciting, a little bit more action with El Clasico going down to Coronado. Um, I'm glad I didn't get out and make a big to do about a nil nil United, um, result, I guess you, you had yeah. more of a reason to get out and about. Yeah. Let me also, uh, just shout out the people who run the Pena Ruben and Danny and everybody else, because the one thing that's consistent about this group, right. We had the line on the post-match show when we were doing SD loyal win or lose, we drink the brews and you know, win or lose. We do that too, but, uh, we also try to tie in different matches to uh, philanthropy and fundraising and uh, had a food drive this past weekend at Serrano's, which again was open at seven o'clock. Thank you. Breakfast burritos, ridiculously good. The bloody Maria's fantastic. So unfortunately the result is the only thing that was shit on Saturday. But uh, I, if I read correctly, if I heard correctly, picked up uh, over 200 pounds of food for a food drive, which is going to go to a local cause. So it's one of the things I love about being associated with Peña Blagrana is that we're always trying to do something, whether it's a shoe drive or autism tree project foundation, we're always trying to do something here in the, the spirit of, uh, you know, giving back community philanthropy, et cetera. So I know it's disappointing and it was a huge fucking bummer. And I have a million questions about Barca and about Messi. And this is like every worst fear that I had about him returning was playing in front of empty stadiums and perhaps the last classico he's ever going to play. I can't now ends up being a loser in front of no fans. It's sort of sad when you think about it, but um, I guess more importantly, we did do a good thing and did uh, have a successful food drive which will all go to a very, very good cause. That is very, very good. And not a surprise at all with that group. Um, very good stuff. So we have Weston McKenney getting ready for a Champions League match this week, Juve, uh, against Barcelona. Tyler Adams, I don't know if you saw this. He was actually injured in practice. Um, yeah. I don't know what the latest was. It, it sounds like it's a minor injury, so that's okay. Pulisic, we'll see what's happening with him. Chelsea are getting ready to take on a team from Russia this week in Champions League. Um, we'll see yeah, if they're I didn't able pronounce to pronounce that. I don't know. I don't know. I do not know. But they're I'll like tell you, the, the, champ, ew, the Champions League matchups are not tasty. They are they are uh, they are not must rush to your television to watch. Locomotive, Bayern, Shakhtar, Inter, Atletico Madrid, Salzburg, Mönchengladbach, Real Madrid, Liverpool against uh i don't know who that is uh, yeah i mean outside of juventus and barca and uh, leipzig and manchester united it's uh, i don't know it's, it's a little ho-hum for me this week um your crystal palace side scored a pair on tim ream and anthony robinson so thanks a lot for that darren appreciate that from palace picking on the americans on the back line yeah. Um, so that's what I got on the back. Hopefully Tyler Adams. All right. But they did say that injury is minor. So I guess it happened in practice, happened in practice. Um, you gave me some, do you need any more from Chelsea? I have more notes on Chelsea, but does anyone really give a fuck? Uh, 
Um, I'm sure some people tune in to hear you talk about Chelsea. Go ahead and give us your best 60 seconds. I'll put you on the clock. Well, I've already given you stuff on Pulisic. Pulisic Pulisic played 81 minutes, which I think he was like, it was an average 81 minutes. I'm glad Pulisic got 81 minutes against Manchester United at Old Trafford. It was a much better um, performance out of Pulisic in that environment than what we saw a year ago in his debut with Chelsea. Uh, they just can't score. Like it, the uncomfortable start kind of just continues for Chelsea. They, they figured out the goalie. I think Mendy has been good. Um, didn't allow anything over the weekend and he looks really good. It's not just like, Oh, the, he happened to be in front of a clean sheet um, stumbles into the one of those. Like, no, he, there's a reason it was a clean sheet over the weekend. Uh, he was really, really good. Havertz, one of the big signings for Chelsea, one of those big shiny new toys that we have in the garage. Um, yeah. Haven't really turned that engine over at all. He's been very, very slow. He's been playing outright for Chelsea, and it's just not yet. It's early. It's early, but it's. I was expecting much more from Havertz uh, at this point. So, ten seconds. Hopefully, they bounce back. Ten more seconds. I'm hoping this week when they take on this Russian team that I can't pronounce, who is like seventh or eighth or ninth or twelfth on the table. I don't know. I hope. I hope that they can string together some passes and score a goal. I hope. You know what United and Chelsea look like to me? It looked like a club that was 10th on the table taking on a club that's 15th on the table. Well, you're just being rude now because <laughs> that might be what it ends up being. No, I don't know what it's going to be. It's actually what it is right now. <laughs> it's 10th is that what it 15th. is? Yeah. Who's Canada. 15th? United. Oh, God, you scared me. I thought Chelsea were 15th on the table. Yeah, here's United United's ahead of. 15th? They're ahead of Brighton. West Brom, Burnley, Sheffield United, and Fulham. They're out of four four clubs that don't have a win. And Brighton, which has one win. Wow. All right. Well, I mean, at least Chelsea's doing better than that, I guess, if that's what we're talking (laughs) about. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't want Lampard to be in trouble because now I feel like we're officially getting into the area where we get into a little bit of a gray area where you're saying, okay, maybe there's some, there's some chatter behind the scenes about Lampard. Is there some more pressure? I think now that we have the goalkeeper situation figured out, it sets up Chelsea going forward, but they got to, they got to figure out this offense. They got to start scoring goals. They, they have to do that. All right. That's what I got on Chelsea, Darren. No more on that. Um, let's go to USL because we know who's going to be in the USL championship Phoenix advanced on PKs. Once again, geez, PKs every single week with this team, it feels every like. week with this club. Um, so they knocked out Sacramento in the first round. Then they took on Reno. Um, they needed PKs against Reno and then they play El Paso over the weekend. You watch this, it finished one, one and then penalties and they advance on penalties. Once again, if it gets the penalties in the championship game, you'd have to say Phoenix are favored because they keep a, uh, they keep advancing this way, but what a not exactly a dominating performance to get to the USL championship, I guess. No, but congratulations to the Western Conference champs. Congratulations to the Eastern Conference champs, the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Rowdies. Tampa Rowdies. I love that name. We said that last week on the show. It just seems like everything in the world is coming up Tampa here in 2020 from the Stanley Cup to the Rays being in the World Series to what's happening with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. And now they get the rowdies in there as well. Uh, I will say this. I did watch some of the Eastern conference final. It was loose city 
which I believe was in the championship game a year ago, but they opened up their new stadium. Now, what a year to open up a new stadium, right? I think it's called Linfield or something like that. It looked incredible on television. I don't know if you caught a highlight or two, but man, it looked great. And they had some fans in the stands, which, hey, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not an epidemiologist, so <laughs> I, I don't know what's happening here. Good idea, bad idea. I'm just telling you I'm watching, sitting at home on a Saturday afternoon or into the early evening, and it looked fantastic on television. I'm sure that the league would rather have had that venue on its mother sh- on ESPN on November 1st, because that's where the championship game is going to be played. But that said, I mean, it really did. It's the first time I really bear down and watch more than, you know, a couple of highlights from a venue and I uh, look great, but Tampa Rowdies, uh, they are a very defensive minded club. Uh, they got out to a, uh, uh, two goals to none lead in the first half. Loose city made it interesting early uh, second half and uh, Tampa give them credit, man. They hung on on the road in a somewhat hostile environment, maybe not the most, normal hostile environment given the circumstances, but there were people there Uh, and they now get to host. Remember the championship game against Phoenix because of everything that we talked about last week and Phoenix would show you and I had said several times during the podcast, during the match day live pre and post shows, this, this was the best. We, you and I both thought it was the best team. Maybe it didn't, uh, did it finish against ahead of Reno and Sacramento? I'm trying to think in terms of, pure point totals. Of course, we know that that was impacted somewhat by loyal deciding to forfeit the final match of the regular season on September 30th. But I I feel like we've been somewhat validated talking about Phoenix, how good Phoenix rising football club has been. I also can't help but watch rising and think about the two times that SD loyal absolutely took it to them, including one time in Arizona and the other time, at Torero stadium before loyal decided to walk off. But I can't help but think about that. When I watch rising, I sort of just start thinking, man, that, that could have been loyal. Couldn't it have been? Uh, yeah. Unquestionably uh, could have been loyal there. So they get ready to play November 1st, 5:30, Tampa Bay against Phoenix. Um, the, the penalty kick thing, how, how good of a goalie do you think you would be when it, when it come down to penalty kicks? You think you'd be good in that moment? You know, this I, wrote, is one of the, I wrote down the spots that they actually kicked it to. You want to want to just do a guessing game? See how many saves you you'd come up with against Phoenix right now. Let's say I, this is the Western I Conference seem, Finals. Seem to remember that they went to the keeper's left a lot. Well, let's just see what you go. Here's the first kick from Phoenix. You're El Paso's goalie. You ready? Which yeah. way are you going? Where are you going? Uh, I'm going to my left. You're going to your left. They went top right to the goalies, right? Top left on the, on the net. So there's a goal for Phoenix. Yes. I I just watched the penalty kicks before doing this podcast. I wrote this down. Um, Number two, here comes the second PK. They're one for one against you so far. Where are you going? I'm going to go low and to my left. Wrong. They score again. They went top right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> two for two here comes the third kick where are you going are you talking about the the, the shooter where he's the, the direction yeah you're the goalie. yeah yeah which way you're the goalie which way are you going for for number three for number three after you just watch two go to the back of the net i'm gonna go <laughs> low and to the left you nailed it you stopped that yeah. one damn right i did Maybe if you got like your palm kind of floating up in the air at the right angle, I think you would have said, I have trust in you. 
Um, and then last one, which way are you going? Cause they only gave us four. I know typically there's five, but they shut them out. They got them done after four here. I'm going to go high into the left. Wrong. They scored again on you. Great. Phoenix is back to the finals. You, Damn blew it. It. you blew it. I don't know what I was watching. I remember that being a lot different. What did you, uh, just... <laughs> you, what do you, what do you make of that broadcast? Anything? What do you mean? I just, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on the broadcast for the Western conference final? I, I'm pretty sure it's the same broadcast for the Eastern conference final, right? Those are the I, dudes who are in Tampa. It's the same broadcast for every game I've turned on. That hasn't been loyal. It seems like, yeah, boy, that analyst is like deadpan. <laughs> Doesn't get real high or low. Does he? What? It's not Ray Hudson on the call. What are you talking about? <laughs> he just, he just very matter of fact. I'm like, dude, this is a championship game. Come on. Like, let's, let's go. go already. Yeah. Come on. Put a little, uh, put a little oomph into it. Then again, maybe I was watching something else since I don't even remember where any of the penalty kicks went. Hey, that's a tough game. Um, do you have a rooting interest? Are you going to be pulling for anyone? Cause I'm pulling for Tampa Bay in the final. Uh, are we still anti Phoenix based on what happened at the end of the year? No, no, no. I just, I want, uh, I want San Diego to be the next team in the West to win. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be kind of cool to, you know, say, Hey, we're hosting the defending champions. Alexa, stop that we're hosting. <laughs> sorry. I mean, real life here. I think it'd be kind of cool to say like, we're hosting now you can say we're hosting the defending Western conference champions, but I think it'd be kind of right. cool to say we're hosting the USL champions. That's a good way to promote a match next year. I guess, but I mean, nah, I, I, it's the same reason, same reason I'm rooting for the Rays in the world series. Like let's go Tampa team Tampa here. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I run, I, I want to go Tampa too. Uh, I, I, like, We're going I Tampa. like, I like Tampa's kits. I like Tampa. The, you like their uh, name, the rowdies, you the love rowdies. about Tampa. Yeah. I, I'm this is them. your side chick on the Eastern conference. This Tampa Bay rowdy side. Yeah, I suppose that's one way of looking at it. And they play really, uh, they are the, they've only lost once at home. So, you know, when you talk about how big of a deal it was, for Phoenix. And that didn't even happen until after last week's podcast was already in the books. We were talking about the impact of the match itself still being felt into the conference finals, but Tampa has lost one time at home. They don't concede a lot. They are a very, very defensive minded club. That's tough to score on. So we'll see after three matches now playing extra time in each of them, this will this will be a pretty pretty big deal for Phoenix if it can go in there and win at Phoenix or uh, at Tampa. Excuse me. Given that that Tampa doesn't they don't lose at home. They've only lost one time during the 2020 season. I know small sample size, smaller than normal, but it's still kind of a big deal to me. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to watch November 1st, 5:30 kickoff. That is this yeah. weekend. ESPN. Here we go. This weekend. Go team. I believe we got to everything, Darren. Did anything we did not get to on your notes? Well, um, I mean, I could always circle back around to the Classico to find out if you thought that that was an actual penalty that should be given to Real Madrid <laughs> from what Sergio Ramos did. Hmm. He's a, Darren. He's a Darren. very crafty player. <laughs> Darren. He's a very crafty player. It'd be tough for any Barca He's fan. He's a professional. This is not stopping any Barca fan who's whining about it. Given some of the shit housing that we've seen from Suarez and Neymar and Busquets over the years and Danny Alves, 
it'd be sort of hard to really, really complain about that. But come on, man. I mean, he fucking tosses himself the complete opposite direction of the way the shirt's being pulled by Langley. I mean, uh, uh, and he's completing before he even hits the ground. It's amazing with Ramos, but that's Sergio Ramos. It's going to be a long season for Barca, my man. It's all right. It, uh, it feels that way. It does. Okay. It feels that way. It's all about the familia, man. It's all about going down, hanging out yep. with the friends and the family. Serrano's and the thing is, like, that's frustrating. Win or lose. And there's talent there, too. But the problem is, like, all of a sudden, you just throw all this talent on the field. You go, hey, boys, just figure what happens. You got fucking, like, eight guys just crashing into each other because they all want to occupy the same space. That's uh, kind of like what Messi's been saying. That's, that's Messi's frustrations, isn't it? There's yeah. no plan. Just yeah. go do it. Just sad. I mean, that, that was the last Classico for him, potentially, at Camp Now. Mm, bummer. Yeah. Oh, well, what can you do? The uh, Manchester derbies just aren't exactly going to be the same as El Classico, if you ask me. No, probably, probably not. Probably not. But, hey, at least one day somewhere down the road, Jordan, we get to see him take on partial ownership of NYCFC and play in Major League Soccer. I hope they're not still playing at Yankee Stadium by the time Messi yeah. arrives. <laughs> i need to cry after that all right um was that sad was that was that, that was appropriately pathetic because it, it, sh- it should have been appropriately pathetic it is man depressing. i just don't get what they're doing i don't know and yeah like you got to think the other thing is like you also need to know the setup here is that real madrid had lost at home to Cadiz. And then lost to some Shakhtar Champions League side that had 10 players out due to COVID. Right. Zidane is on the ropes. And Barca just... Ah, I will say... Ramos, what a player. I will say, I know Barca fans will get mad at me for saying, what a player Ramos is. The stadium that Madrid played in in their Champions League match midweek was awesome. They should play in that stadium the rest of the season. You're not I think they are stadiums. Good. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm way late to the party, obviously on that then I've just realized that's what they're doing. Um, I love it. I think it looks really cool. Who needs these a hundred and thousand seat stadiums with no one in it. Like go play at that stadium. It looks cool. It's Real Madrid in the champions league game in that setting. I think that's rad. Sign yeah. me up for that. I hope they continue to do it. If well, they are, uh, they are remodeling the, uh, Santiago Bernabeu. So well, probably a good time to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, they're playing at their uh, their their youth club or stadium. Yeah, I thought it looked really cool on television. It looked, I thought it looked good. Um, all right, D. Smith, I will chat with you soon. Who knows? Maybe there's some video clips floating around. Check us out on Instagram. Check out our YouTube page. Hopefully, we're going to be starting to add more stuff to that page as soon as possible. Are we uh, and, uh, putting this out there tonight on a Monday night, or does this come out Tuesday? Well, let me uh, put it video to you, or just the podcast. What are you talking? It about? doesn't. It, it doesn't matter. Whenever okay. you hear this podcast, Tuesday morning, October 27th, San Diego Loyal is releasing their Dio de, Dia de los Muertos line. So hat, shirt, scarves. I can promise you this. We teased it a little bit last week. I got official confirmation that this is coming out Tuesday morning. Trust me, you will want this. Jordan and I have, have snuck a sneak peek at some of it. The uh, Dia de los Muertos. Did you see Club Tijuana's uh, Los Muertos shirts? Oh, my 
God, that were amazing. But uh, Loyal will have stuff out Tuesday morning. So just be on the lookout for that whenever it is that you listen to this podcast. If you listen later on in the week, it might be too late. But uh, it, it is spectacular. Nice. Looking forward to that. I'll be refreshing the, uh, the shop, SD Loyal, tomorrow throughout the day and adding stuff to my cart throughout the day. That should be fun. I'm going to check out the yeah. Club Tijuana jerseys as well. I did not see those. I want to see what yeah. those look like. Yeah. I mean, it was the Sugar Skull Yeah. underneath the, you know, it was the red shirt with the Sugar Skull uh, sort of superimposed. What's the right word? Not superimposed. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the kind of word uh, on uh, litho. Anyway, you, you can sort of see it. You know, you, you could definitely see it. It just, it was sharp. It was sharp. Okay. So I'm going to check gotta it out. Got to get one of those too. I don't know. It's all the rage this year. Everybody's doing the sugar skull Dia de los Muertos stuff. I, I don't know what that's all about, but I'm happy to see it all. Cause it's sharp. Yeah. As it does look good. Very good. Uh, shout out to three punk ales. Shout out to sport clips where it is good to be a guy. Darren, I will chat with you soon. Uh, peace.